Welcome to Land a Job You Love podcast. I'm your host and career coach, Kajal Bansal. If you're someone who's looking for that sense of fulfillment in their career, you've come to the right place because in this podcast, I'll be speaking with inspirational industry leaders who have followed their true interests and instincts to land work they love and give you advice on how you can do the same. Well, thank you for joining me. I'm so excited about this because I'm naturally very curious about you. I have like a lot that I wanted to learn about you, like just being someone who follows you on Instagram and you've had such an interesting journey that I only have observed from the outside. So I'm really looking forward to learning a little bit about what that looked like kind of from your perspective. I think I've followed you for probably two to three years now. Okay. And in what feels like a short time through a pandemic, my perception, and you can tell me kind of fill in the gaps, but to me, it looks like you're a blogger, a model, an influencer. You work at like a floral startup. You're doing your MBA at Queens. I think you recently got engaged. I think you might have recently bought a house. Like, is that all right? Yeah, it's been a whirlwind couple of years, that's for sure. Um, Lots of exciting things, though, like all good things. But um, yeah, it's been a lot. And yeah, it's just crazy. So I guess like in terms of building an online presence, what came first for you? How did you get started in the space? Yeah, so originally I was actually a blogger. So I started in like 2016 and this was before like the whole like influencer thing was just like so like overdone and whatnot. And I just started because I really loved fashion and I wanted to have a platform where I could just kind of express that love of mine or that passion. So that's what I did. And I, I didn't know anyone else really that had a, had a blog at that time, like personally. And, and since it's been like, I've made so many good friends through it and everything like that. But yeah, it, it was way different back then. And I wasn't like taking any paid collabs or anything like that. It was strictly just like me, like my mom, on her phone like taking a picture of my outfit and like putting it up on my website and yeah I guess it's just gone off since then but yeah where were you in life when you started were you still in high school or into university I was in university yeah I was in university so um yeah I had a little bit more time on my hand not that you undergrad is easy by any means because it's certainly not for sure but I just like I wasn't working because I I was very fortunate to not have to work during university so I was like what could I be doing that could somehow benefit me or just kind of something that I was interested in but in benefit me in the long run kind of thing and I think that this really has and Honestly, I didn't even expect it to at the time because I didn't know blogging wasn't like a really big thing. Like I didn't know that it would help me in a marketing career later down the road, but it has. And so I'm really grateful that I enjoyed it. But then it's also like given me a different perspective in marketing because I think for me, I'm now on the other side of things where I'm I'm representing a company by like working with influencers instead of being the influencer. So I've kind of seen like both sides of it, which is pretty unique, I'd say. So this is just like making me so happy because the purpose of the podcast for me has really been, because I'm a recruiter and I talk a lot with people about people who aren't really happy in their current roles. And I think as a society, we don't tune in enough to like what makes us happy that we might be able to maybe not have a full-time career in, but bring into our work that where we can maybe feel some joy in work. And so I always kind of pay attention to, to people who pick up on those cues earlier on in life. Like it's just so 
I don't know, evolved. It, I guess to me, it feels so evolved that you had the sense and the intuition to think like, this is kind of something that I'm interested in. How do I kind of share this with other people? I guess first, did you always have that interest in fashion? And then what made you want to kind of share it? Oh my gosh, yes. Okay, so this is so embarrassing, but I was the kid in elementary school that like in grade six, I'd go to school in like a pantsuit and heels and like it was... I obviously got made fun of because like that was really weird in grade six, but I just like always had this genuine love of fashion and I didn't care if kids my age weren't wearing what was in the magazines, you know, like I just wore whatever I wanted. So yeah, so I think it has like grown over time, but yeah, so definitely a a big fan of fashion for my whole life. Yeah, I think it do- it can start really early, those kind of like seeds of what you might be interested in later. Like for me, I've always been really curious about people and I've always felt way more comfortable asking the questions than having the spotlight on me. And so being a recruiter was such a natural fit for me to like be someone who's interviewing other people. And now with this podcast like this, even the kind of conversations I've had pre-launch has been such a source of joy for me. So I do think those kind of like early indications are definitely worth tuning into and then what made you interested in kind of sharing sharing your your interest with other people Yeah, I think it like really started that I was like the friend that people would come to, can I read your closet? Can I like where'd you get this from? And and so I saw like some people like some early bloggers. Amber Fillerup was a ba- major inspiration for me at the time and this was before she even had kids, I'm pretty sure, but uh, she just like shared her outfits. I was like, "Oh my gosh, like she's just like having fun." So I just kind of did the same thing. And I thought maybe someone's going to get value out of this. I mean, everybody's influential in their own way. I I see like someone post a story that's not a blogger or influencer. And I say like, hey, I really love your rug. Like, where'd you get your rug? So I think like it serves as a benefit to people just like being your genuine, authentic self. And it helps like you foster a community, essentially. And yeah, that was really fun. I made so many friends through it. I I know, I know I already mentioned that. But um, I think like I wouldn't have those, I wouldn't have met you if I wasn't doing it. So if you really think about it, like it's definitely sharing my passion for something has brought me connected to people who share like the same passion as me. So it's very cool. How did you start to share the blog? Did you share it on Instagram or like, yeah, what did that kind of look like in the early days? Yeah. So I started on Instagram and then about like a couple months in, I, I I spoke to Mitch, who's my now fiance. I was like, you know, like, I really just feel like it'd be so fun to have a website, but you know, like it does cost money. Mm. Like, I don't know if this is something that I should be spending money on. And he's like, well, just do it. It's just fun. Like you spend money to go to the movies or do whatever other hobbies you do. So like, this is a hobby, like you might as well. And so I did, I bit the bullet and I just created my website on Squarespace, but originally I did a different one. It was way harder and I had to code and I was like, oh, oh wow. not good. Was it yeah. Wix? No, it was not Wix. Oh, how is the the name not coming to me? Anyway, Squarespace has been a lot easier. So yeah, so I ended up doing that and yeah, the rest is history. How did it evolve from the blog to kind of where you are today? Yeah, so it's really strange when companies start emailing you and asking if they can send you free stuff like I was very thrown off and I was you know this was like before you I really knew that that was a thing like yeah for like people with like millions of followers like obviously yes that was a thing but I was like why would you want to send me this so I think it it started with that and then I was like okay like this you know this is a nice way for me to work while I'm in school kind of thing and just earn some like additional money on the side and so I started taking 
taking on more and more. And yeah, I think it just got to a place where it was a substantial part-time job for me, which was really nice. Yeah. So how does it work as much as you feel comfortable sharing? Is there, are there kind of two areas? One would be that someone might send you free, for example, clothes in the hopes that you would share it. And then is the other like an actual paid collaboration, like in terms of actually generating an income, what does that look like? Yeah. So when I first started, it was mostly people just gifting things and that was fine. But I think like as you go on as an influencer or blogger, you start to realize like this is like really hard work. Like I know people Mm. always make fun of influencers, but every time that you have like something that you need to be showcasing on your platforms, it's like you like for me, I was very detail oriented. So I like I found a photographer, I found makeup, I found hair. So it's like a big to do kind of thing. So in order to have those things, like it needed to be paid in a sense. But I know like there are a lot of like local businesses that are so great. And I've definitely just done like product things through them, just to because they're local. And I don't know, they don't have as big as budget as big of budgets as like, say, like the body shops of the world and like places like that. So yeah, that that's kind of how it grew. I'm curious if you feel comfortable sharing, what were some of the earlier brands that you worked with? Oh, I'm trying to think of my first pay. I I think my first paid brand was Ardeen. And Mm. so, yeah. And I was like, I think that was my first big one, big brand too. I can't remember, but I just remember getting this massive PR box and it was so fun. There was like confetti inside and they like sent me like one of everything in their new collection or something like this. I'm like, why is this happening? Like, it's just, I don't know. It it was very surreal, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that was my first big one that I had done. And early days too, like I can see how it would be a little bit confusing only because like it must've just been starting these, these, this idea of gifting And that's a huge name to get as like a first kind of partnership. Did they reach out to you? Yeah, they did. They do have like different influencer platforms that you like work with and they will help you like find different uh, partnerships that work. You like fill out your profile and then if you match what the brand's looking for kind of thing. So I can't remember if that was through that. I'm sure it was because I don't think a brand that large would reach out individually, but I could be wrong. (laughs) How did your following grow over time? And like, how did your kind of online presence evolve over time? I think that's tricky. I think I really wanted to create like a really authentic space. And I think the word authentic has been tossed around a lot too. So I don't want to like overuse it, but that was like my primary goal. And I think that learning to be more vulnerable with the community, I share a lot like about my mental health issues and my acne struggles and things like that. And I think like that's become more real because it's not necessarily like everybody posts their highlight reel and you've probably heard that like a million times right but it's actually those genuine connections and like just messaging people that you don't know and like actually like caring about people as individuals for who they are and not just a follower I think that's really helped to like grow the kind of community so yeah Yeah, that actually brings me to my next question. Like from the outside as someone who just follows you, you've always struck me as someone who has a really healthy relationship with social media. It doesn't seem like you're somebody who feels the pressure to post every day the way that they tell you to or to post a certain way, like have a perfect aesthetic. I was curious to know if your relationship, if if that is the way that you feel about it and if that's always been the way that you felt about it or if you've had to kind of develop that over time. 
Yeah, it's definitely been developed over time. I can tell you, like, when I first started, I definitely, well, maybe not when I first, first started, but when I started to, like, gain traction, I think for a lot of it, I felt obligated to be posting every day and getting new content. And so I was shooting, like, literally all the time. And even, like, on vacation, brands would send me certain things. And then Mitch and I would go on our vacation, which was paid for by us. Like, we paid for it. And so he was, like, spending a day or two shooting content for all these brands that sent me stuff because they wanted like tropical photos and it's like hey that's great and all but now you're taking time away from like our relationship and being on vacation together and all of this so it was at a place where it wasn't as healthy as it should have been and I've really like become more self-aware I think and just like posting when it feels right when it feels good and I just have zero I feel zero obligation to post on a daily basis. And I really don't like, I just, I kind of just go with the flow and yeah. And if people don't like that, that's totally fine. Like they don't have to follow me, but I just want to be really cognizant of the negative effects that social media can have on someone. And especially someone who like struggles with mental health. There are a lot of things like, I feel like there was at a point where anything I post would get some like negative comment or negative message. And it's just, it's just not healthy at the end of the day. And it's also just not worth it. Like it's social media. And like, I know it is like some people's full-time jobs and maybe for them, it's a little bit different, but where the position I'm in right now, it's not like my long-term goal to be a blogger, influencer, whatever for the rest of my life. So it's not as important to like continue it in that way where I'm posting every day and all that. It's such a valuable lesson to learn, I think, so early in life to not always have to meet the moment, like, I don't know, succumb to the pressure of validation. I think it's great that you kind of like took that journey and and learned those lessons so early. And you mentioned this and I've noticed this too, is it feels like no matter how little you post, you've like built this community that stays loyal. Like I'm really invested in, in your posts and your stories and your life. And like, I feel like I know quite a bit just from like being an observer and like, I think because it does come from such authenticity. Yeah, like it definitely feels that you've maintained the sense of community, even if you don't post every day. Like, I think you've done that really well. Oh, that's actually so sweet to hear. I really appreciate that because it is like something sometimes I do miss doing it more like I don't even know the last time I did a full photo shoot and it is kind of sad but I'm just I feel like I'm in a different place in my life where I have to prioritize different things and as to like when you when we first started this interview you were saying like oh like the last two years have been a whirlwind well yeah they have and a lot of it has had to do with like making sure I prioritize what needs to be the focal point at any given time so it takes a long time to learn that I think like even still I deal with burnout all the time because I don't know how to set boundaries and I don't know how to say no and I don't want to disappoint anyone. So like the earlier you can learn that, because the times when I do set boundaries, I'm so, I feel so empowered. If I like say no to an invite and I'm doing what I want to do, which is what I usually want to do, which is stay home and like watch TV. I feel so empowered in that choice. Like I'm so glad that I told them that I didn't want to do it, you know? And so I think it's like, following that trail of that feeling and remembering the next time that you have to say no or set a boundary how you felt the last time like it's something that I think about all the time and I'm in my like well into my 30s you know it's like the earlier you can learn those lessons I think the better off you end up being yeah it's definitely a journey that's for sure I can't say I'm perfect all the time because there are definitely times where I'm like oh but like I'm very much a people pleaser still but I'm working on it so yeah no for sure okay so one thing I'm super curious about 
and it's even now more so that I've learned a little bit more about you and how these interests started so early. Like you are so young and you have done so much. And for me, it took me a really long time, A, to find the things that I felt like I was good at and that I was interested in. And then B, it probably took me an even longer time to then develop the confidence to pursue those things, especially in a way where other people's eyes are going to be on it. So like five years ago, I don't think anybody who knew me in a closed capacity would ever think that I would post a reel on Instagram or do a live live media segment. Like even I never thought I could do that. But when you find something that you feel like you're interested and passionate about, it kind of pushes you in a way that I think can be really good. But the reason I wanted to ask you this is just because for me and my own journey, like it took me so much longer to get there. Did you always have a strong sense of kind of like what your interests were? Maybe I'll start there. Like, did you kind of always have that strong sense? What did that look like for you? Yeah, for sure. So I grew up dancing like a lot. Like I was in the intensive training program at RWB and, or I don't know if, I guess Royal Winnipeg Ballet. No, everyone knows that, I guess. And competitive dancing. And so I've always had like a big creative part of me. So I knew that what I wanted to do was had to do with creativity. I don't know what. And same with fashion, fashion, creativity, something there. So I have an undergrad in BCom, but I majored in marketing. And originally, ironically, I started my undergrad at Queens, but I wanted to do corporate law. <laughs> and now mm. I'm on the other side of it. But I just realized that's like not something that I was passionate about at all. I think when you're in high school and you have to figure out your career path, there's just so much pressure. And especially like you're so young when you're in high school, but you have to like figure out what you want to do for the rest of your life. Like it's insane. And so you hear words thrown around like, oh, like doctor or like lawyer and things like that. So I'm like, okay, well, if I'm a lawyer, I feel like I'll have a good life. That sounds good. So Mm -hmm. that's what I went to school for. And I realized like, you know what, this isn't what I want. It has no creativity in it at all. I'm sure it's great for a lot of people. I have a really good friend who's in corporate law and he loves it. But for me, it just wasn't my thing. So I thought, okay, what could I be doing? And at this time I was blogging when I was kind of going through this and I realized that marketing, like, you know, there's a lot of creative direction involved and there is a lot of creativity in that kind of field. So I ended up going to school for business and I got my undergrad and all of that. And now I'm doing my MBA, but I think I was lucky because I had this creativity from a young age. And I also think it's because my parents never limited my creativity. Like I went to school in some really interesting outfits, but they like just <laughs> let me do it. And I don't know. And yeah, I think a lot of the, I had a lot of support growing up too, to pursue like creative interests of mine. So I think that definitely helped a lot as well. I think that's like one of the best things you could, I mean, I'm not a parent. I maybe shouldn't be the person speaking to this, but like if you can push your kids to do so many different things. So, cause I think sometimes what happens is like my parents put me in things and if I didn't like them, it would kind of stop there. I just would think that if I'm not good at this, I might not be good at like anything kind of in this orbit at all. So I think if you can really push your kids to do like a little bit of a lot of different things, it kind of sparks Mm-hmm. an area where you might find your own natural interest. And yeah, like and if you have parents who support an area that you're leaning in, like that's even more special. Like if you are going to school in, in outfits that are maybe not what everyone else is wearing and your parents are totally cool with that, like it's just like helps you kind of figure out that creativity piece, I think. That's really awesome to hear. Did you feel when it came time to like potentially sharing this with an audience, did that feel scary to you the way that it maybe did for me? 
Not really. And I really, I have to go back to dance because I think like it's for, it shapes so much of me. It's literally all I did as a child. So I was always used to being out on stage and like center of attention and that kind of thing. So I don't really think it was as scary for me putting myself out there. Because in a sense, like I was already putting myself out there when it came to like dancing and all of that stuff. So I never really had that. I am, I I always say I'm like an extroverted introvert because I act very extroverted, but I like only have so much like level of social interaction I can take. And then I like huddle up in my bed and with a book. But yeah, I definitely think that it has a lot to do with my dancing and all of that and how it kind of like helped me build confidence. Oh, that's incredible. If you if you have that vessel to use to help build confidence early, I think that's like amazing. And then yeah, like those I think it's like a it's like a muscle you can flex getting used to the feeling of having some eyes on you and then a lot of eyes on you. And then you can use that in so many different ways as you continue to progress in your career. So that's great to hear. One thing I wanted to ask you. So a lot of this podcast and the work that I do is about finding, you know, landing a job you love or finding finding ways to find joy at work. What advice would you give someone who maybe isn't feeling that joy or looking for work that they love and kind of helping them navigate that? This is such a good question. And I really don't want to throw Mitch, like my fiance under the bus, but he is this person. So I've always like had kind of like a direct exactly what I want to do for the most part. And he's the opposite. And he's still like trying to figure out what he loves. And I think he just recently figured out he loves to build furniture, super random, but he found something he really loves. And so I just like think you, you can't be afraid to dabble in different things. And it's really scary because like for him, he went to school for carpentry he went to school for HVAC he works at CN like he does like all these different things and so it took him a long time to figure out what he wanted to do but you can't you have to be like very open-minded because you never know if something that you've never tried before is going to be something that you absolutely love and I think it really shows true from like an example Mitch and I we learned to ski last year we've never skied before in our whole lives we learned to ski and we love it and we're like you know in our 20s like we just you know late to skiing but it's who would know I never thought I would like skiing and so I think For people wanting to kind of figure out what they love, you just got to dip your toe into things. And I I know it can be frustrating to like go back and forth and it feels like you're wasting time, but you're not wasting time if at the end of the day, you're like going towards a goal, right? Like it's all for something. That's such good advice. It's funny you mentioned, Mitch, I didn't put this in the questions that I sent you ahead of time, but I I had it and then I deleted it. Mitch is like the breakout star of your Instagram. It's so cute. He's, you guys are so cute. Like, I just love your love. How did you two meet? Oh my goodness. So we are like high school sweethearts. So he went to school in Selkirk and I'm like from like the Lockport area, but I went to school in Winnipeg. So I went to high school in Winnipeg. He went to school in Selkirk, but we had mutual friends. Cause like I'm from that area. So I had friends from middle school and they introduced us and that's how we met. And he saw a picture of me on his friend's phone. Cause I was like texting my friend's boyfriend about something. And he's like, Oh, who is that? And he's like, Oh, like this is my girlfriend's friend, Quinn. Like she lives in the area. He's like, I have to meet her so I'm being like very dramatic right now but I like to embellish that like (laughs) but yeah so and then the rest is history 
that's so it's like an old school love story now, you know, and it's so nice to meet people through friends because then they're a little bit vetted and you have stuff to talk about on a first date because you know people in common and you can feel safe because your friends know them and that's really special. And it's really nice that you've been able to maintain that kind of love and into now what will be marriage. Do you have kind of, are you actively planning? Do you have like a date? Like what does that kind of look like for you? Oh my goodness. So we got engaged before I knew I was accepted into the MBA program. And so luckily because I have my BCom, I I'm able to do the accelerated version of the MBA. So it's only a year. It's like, but it's a really tough year. So we're definitely not looking at anything this year. We're thinking August 2024. And actually, I might be coming out your way because we're looking at Ontario. So who knows? There's I don't know if you've heard of Harding Waterfront Estate. No, but that sounds beautiful. Yeah, it's like by Oakville, I believe. But yeah, so that's kind of, we haven't booked anything yet. All I've done is like give my bridesmaids their gifts and he's given his groomsmen and that's about it. But um yeah, it's all about prioritization. And unfortunately, our our marriage is not a priority this year. Sorry, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course. And congratulations, Quinn, on getting into the MBA program at Queens. It's really amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's just, it's really cool to see young women do it all, really. Like that's when I look at you, that's what I think. It's like, oh my goodness, she's like really doing it all and still such a good person and giving back to your community, community and like, It's just such a pleasure to know you and like, thank you so much for doing this as well. Maybe before closing things off, are you still actively working with brands? Do you still have like, I guess, I don't know if we want to call it like partnerships or, or being an influencer or whatever, kind of, however we define it. Do you still do that work? So I really haven't been taking on anyone, unfortunately, like I've, I've been getting offers, but I just, I don't think it's really fair to like be taking on clients when I just don't have the time. Like I just honestly wouldn't, I know I wouldn't be putting my best work and effort into it. And like, I have been posting whenever I feel like it. I know we talked about that a little bit, but again, like for me, my engagement rates are probably so low right now. Like I haven't even checked, but like, it's not really fair to brands. Like if they're just going based on like my past stuff and things like that. So I have been like some companies, I guess I'm still on their PR list or something. I don't know. I get like random boxes every once in a while. And sometimes I'll share them on my stories or whatnot, but they're like mostly from like bigger brands. And then I do have like some local partnerships that I'm still very like close to and I really support. So I'll just like post on my stories for them. But um, but yeah, that's about it for me for now anyways. Do you ever feel pressure to, I think this is like an area that people might not know when you are an influencer, like a kind of source of I don't know, like pressure, I guess, to when someone's hired you and paid you to post, like the the engagement that post gets or the way that that post performs, do you feel that heat? Yeah, I definitely, so I haven't posted in a while, but like I definitely have, and I'm like making sure it's like at the optimal time because like yeah. this is like someone, especially like for companies that aren't like super big and they're like choosing to invest in influencers, right? So you want it, and you also, I'm also from like the marketing side of things. So I want to make sure that they get like something out of it. So yeah, there definitely has been pressure around that for sure. Yeah, I can imagine. I think I would feel a lot of pressure if someone's paid me. I wanted to ask you kind of, as we close up here, what's next for you? What are you kind of working on and what, what are you excited about for the future? Yeah. So this whole year, is completely blocked off for school. Like it's, it's, it's a lot. So essentially the program is you work full-time while you do school full-time. So that's a lot. Um, my best friend is also getting married this August. So I'm her maid of honor. So that's (laughs) a huge thing. So this year is just kind of like, 
you might not see me for a little while. But I think after this, I really just want to like start pursuing something more in terms of fashion. Like I've kind of like haven't had time for it now so I I, that's something that I really want obviously planning the wedding that's something that I really want but after this program I think that okay this is gonna maybe go off on a tangent but I really like being in the MBA program and I'm so fortunate that this one program is like 50% women like I feel like so empowered Mm. by that And I've just like realizing, getting to know some of these people that there needs to be like more of a women in business community. And I'd really love to do something with that. I don't know what, but it's just like something that's been like nagging me. And I've just been trying to like share with Mitch a little bit, but I just, because when I was in my undergrad, there were some finance bros, like a lot of finance bros. And luckily my master's program it's it's been pretty 50 50 in terms of like men and women and it's been great but at the same time there just needs to be like a lot more support for women in business I think especially like young women in business I think there's just this I don't know maybe it's because I look 12 or something but it's just like (laughs) sometimes I just feel like I'm not taken seriously and yeah so I don't know I'd love to do something in that realm maybe I'll reach out to you because I feel like that might be up your alley but <laughs> I would love that we yeah I would be so happy to support you in any way I can that's so nice it's so nice that like this thread of community always seems to be in the work that you do in the past and in the future it's really nice to see that kind of consistent theme I actually wanted to ask I, I have like a million questions for you I'm so interested in like your path how did the modeling piece come in like just when you mentioned fashion I, it kind of sparked this like how did the modeling piece kind of once you had the blog and the Instagram and the partnerships where did that fall into into things yeah so I actually started I I, I really it's weird. I would never have considered myself a model, but technically I have had like paid gigs. So I guess I am a model. I don't really know. Yeah, to be absolutely honest. <laughs> but so originally when I started blogging, I had a photographer reach out to me and she's ended up being like one of my really great friends. And she was like, I don't know. I just felt like she really believed in me from the very mm-hmm. beginning. Cause like the content I was posting when I first started was not great. And she's like, Hey, I will shoot your blog content for you, you know, and that'll help me like with my photography. Cause she was in photography school. So we're like, sure. So that's kind of how it started. And then brands asked, started asking me to work with them, which was really cool because I'm like five foot four, like not your typical like model stature, I wouldn't say, but it's been a really fun experience. And I've definitely met some of like my best friends through that, which is so cool. And yeah, I I don't know. I still wouldn't really call myself a model. I guess like technically, I don't know. I have a weird relationship. Yeah. (laughs) I I feel like from an outsider's perspective, looking at, because I did a little bit of research on you before this conversation. And I was like, yeah, she's, she, oh my goodness, she's a model too. Like I would definitely, I call you a model for sure. But it's really cool. It's the same thing. It's like when you just kind of are open, you know, it's easy to be like, oh no, no. Like I'm only, I'm only this height. I I don't identify as a model. I don't want to like, you know, but when you're just like open, like so much good stuff can come from it. Relationships with businesses, like friendships, opportunities. So it's really cool to see that you approach things that way that, you know, it's, it's okay to just like try, even if it feels a little bit weird or a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's definitely been really fun, though. I love it. So missing it. I really have the itch to do another photo shoot because it's been a while. Anything kind of you want to plug as we kind of close this up? Not like plug plug in the traditional sense. I kind of just want to close it off in a 
in um, maybe in a little bit of a weird way, but I just like really want to make it clear that therapy, I'm just going to put out mental health, but like, I honestly believe that whether you think you need therapy or you don't think you need therapy, it's going to be like a life-changing thing for you. And prioritizing your mental health is so, so important and it's going to make the biggest difference in the long run. And like, even like what you were saying about trying to find that passion, like I think I've become so much more self-aware through therapy and it's definitely helped me along the path of even like imposter syndrome. Oh my goodness, I could do a whole other podcast on just imposter syndrome especially like I'm so young and being in this like program I feel like I'm just like a baby kind of thing but yeah I just think that don't be afraid to seek therapy don't be afraid to talk about your feelings and just prioritize your mental health if you need a mental health day just to like lay in bed with some tea in a book just do it because honestly it's going to benefit you in the long run you don't want to have a breakdown and it's just yeah that's all (laughs) I'm gonna end it there I love that. The question is anything you want to plug and you say, yeah, therapy, like just really speaks to the same kind of community focused person that you are. That's amazing. I totally agree. I've had times in life where I've seen therapists and I always feel like the feeling I would get coming out of that office is almost like the same feeling you get after a run, like just such a release and such a relief. And I think if people knew that that's sometimes like how you can feel coming out of it, it might be a little bit more appealing because it it can feel so scary to be so vulnerable. But I think that's like an amazing message to close us off with is how important therapy can be and how important mental health and taking care of your mental health can be as well. So thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Land a Job You Love podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. If you're interested in learning more about career coaching services with me, you can visit the link in my bio on Instagram at Spark Career Co. I hope you have a great day.